Good morning. Uh, welcome. I hope you're having a great day where you are. Uh, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit again. I talked about the Holy Spirit this past Sunday, if you tuned in to that message. And I want to talk about the Holy Spirit again today. And I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about this idea of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? A lot of confusion out there. A lot of confusion. I want to try to clear it up. But then I want to talk about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, which is what we're encouraged to, to do. But I'm in 1 Corinthians, if you want to join me in the reading of the Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age, or are the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. That's pretty amazing that God had set aside wisdom in the very beginning before time even was created and said, I'm going to pour out this wisdom through the Holy Spirit on people at some point. It says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Hey, if you love God, there's some amazing things prepared for you. But God has revealed it to us by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. You don't have to buy the wisdom of God. You don't have to show up to church so many times or sing in the choir to get the wisdom of God. You don't have to give enough money to receive the wisdom of God. It's freely given. You just simply ask for God's wisdom. It's freely given to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths using spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You know, just an interesting thought. We as Christians think the world ought to act better and think better. Well, I'm here to tell you that lost people, people that have not trusted in Jesus Christ, that people that don't have a moral compass based on the Word of God, they're not going to act right. It's foolishness on our part to think somebody without Christ is going to start acting like Christ just because we think they ought to. They're just not. It's, it's foolishness. This idea of, of giving everything away to receive is foolishness. In the world it says get everything you can and then you'll receive more. <clears throat> this idea if you want to be a leader you must first be a servant. That's foolishness to the world. This idea of dying to ourselves so that we can live again. That's foolishness to this world. This world says, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, live, a, live life to yourself. So, the Holy Spirit helps us understand these truths. The world's not going to understand because it's foolishness to them. They're spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct God. 
but we have the mind of Christ. Hey, Christian, you have the mind of Christ. And you have it because the Holy Spirit makes it happen. And so you have to trust that. So, what is the idea of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? We've heard about it, and I've even known Christians that have said, I think I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I'm going to hell. I'm not going to live with Christ forever. And they're scared to death about it. Well, there's a progression, a road to blasphemy, if you will. And I want to give you that progression. It's five steps that lead to this idea of blasphemy. The Bible says in Acts chapter 7, verse 51, it talks about resisting the Holy Spirit. You resist the Holy Spirit. Now, resisting something means you try to withstand the effects of something. So the wind's blowing outside, and you try to resist its effects, right? You try to stand there and, and push against the wind. You resist it. Um, there was a time when Debbie and I got to go to Paris, and we were on top of the Eiffel Tower, and there was this huge storm blowing in from the coast, and the leading edge of that storm was getting close to Paris, and the Eiffel Tower was doing this on the top. And if you took a step, and then took another step, your foot wasn't where you thought it was supposed to be because this thing is moving. And they were just about to shut it down. Matter of fact, when we got in the elevator to go back down, they shut the whole thing down because it was blowing so bad. And Debbie took a picture of me leaning into the wind. The wind was blowing so hard I could actually lean into it like this. It was crazy. Uh, and it was very powerful. It was a very moving moment. Um, also, the crepes in Paris. Paris are a very moving moment too. So if you ever go there and get a crepe, they're absolutely amazing. But we can start resisting the Holy Spirit. And so, let's say you are a person without Christ, a lost person, you might say, someone who's never trusted in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always at work in your life, always trying to convince you of how much the Father loves you. That's, that's one of His jobs. And he's, he's good at it. And so He tries to influence us, but we can resist that. We can resist that. You may turn on the TV or pop up the Internet, and there's some preacher preaching. You know, I don't want to listen to a preacher. And you, you turn it off. You, you go to the store and you run into somebody and they say, God bless you. You say, I don't want to do that. You go sit down to eat and somebody says, uh, you know, can we pray over a meal? And you I don't want to hear you praying over a meal. Everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit is trying to help you trust in Jesus Christ, trying to convince you of the love of the Father. And you simply resist it. So that's the first level. That's the first stage in this progression towards blasphemy. The second stage is grieving the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> that means to cause great distress. And so that's where you can, the Holy Spirit's trying to work in your life and you grieve Him. You know, parents are grieved quite a bit in the whole parenting role. There's, uh, you don't read about that in the books when you think about having children, but your kids will say and do things to you that will really hurt your feelings, that will grieve you. And so we can, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's trying to work in our life. He's given us the best advice that we can ever receive because He's brilliant. And we reject His advice like a teenager does. And we put our hand up and say, you know, talk to the hand because the face is not listening. And we do those kind of things. And we grieve, we grieve the Spirit. We cause, we cause Him grief. The third road on this progression is we quench the Spirit. That is, we put out the Spirit's fire. We put out the Spirit's fire. 
And so the Holy Spirit's been at work in our lives. And perhaps He's at work in your husband or your wife's life or your kids. And they're all excited about Jesus and they're all excited about worshiping God and serving Him. And then you come and rain down, you know, with a, with a bucket of water on and pour out their fire. Put out their fire. You put out the fire that is in your life where the Holy Spirit's starting to stir in your spirit. You say, I don't have anything to do with this. And so that's the third level. We quench the Spirit in our lives. And the fourth level is we insult the Holy Spirit. We insult the Holy Spirit. And this is where we speak or treat with disrespect this person of the Holy Spirit that's in work in our life. The Holy Spirit's a person. He's a gentleman. And uh, He only comes into our life when we ask Him. Uh, he's always there trying to point us in the right direction. But we can insult Him. We can say harsh things about the Holy Spirit. Things that should never be uttered about anybody, much less about the person of the Holy Spirit. We insult Him. It says in Hebrews 10, 29 that we should insult the Holy Spirit. And then this last step, this last step is, is blasphemy against the Spirit. Mark chapter 3, verse 29. It's when we reject repeatedly, we refuse to yield to the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, how soon does blasphemy happen in a person's life? I think it's a long progression. I don't think it happens in a day or a week or a year. It could be 50 years or 60 years or 70 years. How do I know this? Well, God says, I'm not willing that any should suffer, but that all should come to repentance. He says, I don't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. Why, why would I take pleasure in the death of the wicked? He wants all men everywhere to come to Him. And so He's very long-suffering, very patient and waiting on us. And so I, don't, I think it's hard to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. I think it's possible, and I think many have done that. But it's hard to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. But there is a point out there where if you continue to reject, if you continue to refuse the Holy Spirit in your life, there is a line out there that you will cross where God puts His hands up and says, okay, go have it your way. Go have it your way. I, I did everything I knew to do. I love you. I would love for you to come back home and live with me forever and ever. I really would, but you've crossed that line. But I think it takes years of rejecting, resisting, grieving, resisting the Holy Spirit over and over and over again, uh, insulting the Holy Spirit. He continues to come back into our life because He loves us and He wants to see us born again. He wants to see us changed and remade. Now, that's about lost people. I think born-again Christians can also do these five things. I think born-again Christians can resist the Holy Spirit. I think that's as simple as being in the in the checkout line at the grocery store and the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to go talk to that person and tell them that God loves them. Or offer to pay for their food. Or can I help you with your child? She seems to be crying. Or he seems to be crying. And let, let me talk to them while you check out. I think we can resist that. I think Christians can resist the Holy Spirit when He's working in our lives. I think we can grieve as Christians. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 you know, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I think as Christians, the Holy Spirit comes and starts talking to us and working in our lives. We're reading the Scripture and He's trying to point something out that would help us to transform us more into the image of Christ. And we grieve Him by saying, I'm, I'm not going to apply that in my life. I'm going to go live my life that I want to. Just like a teenager rebels against his parents. I'm not listening to you. I don't, 
I'm smarter than you. You're stupid, you know. We can, we can grieve the Holy Spirit that same way. And then we can quench the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been in a, in, in a church building where there's a service going on of worship and prayer and praise and somebody gets excited about Jesus and the first thing you do is, well, who do they think they are? Right? Or you make fun of them. Right? And we can quench the Holy Spirit that's working inside of a building where Christians have gathered to worship. We can quench, we can quench the Holy Spirit that's starting to work in our lives. Maybe He started to work in you and you're and you decided on your own. Uh, I'm not going to finish this. I'm not going to finish what God has started in my life. And so we can quench the Holy Spirit that way. I think we can insult the Holy Spirit. One of the verses that comes to my mind is, is one of the Ten Commandments where we, it says, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Now we often think taking God's name in vain means using the GD word, right? If you say GD, or you're taking His name in vain. Well, that's, that's not true. We certainly shouldn't use that word ever. That, that, and, the, and the point of that word is, is we're asking God to damn someone is what we're trying to say and we should never do that, right? But we can insult by taking God's name in vain. What that means is we say we're a Christian. I say I'm a Christian. I've got the bumper sticker on my car to prove it, right? I've got the cross hanging around my neck that proves I'm a Christian. And so we've taken His name, but then we don't act like it. That's what I think it means to take God's name in vain. You, you, it's, it's become vanity, so to speak. It's something that you're not really believing in, not really acting on, not really walking out. You've just taken it to say, oh, look at the trinket I've got around my neck. Look at the bumper sticker I've got on my car. Look, I've got a fish logo, and I'm wearing it on my wrist, whatever it is. We insult God by saying we're following Him, and, and then we don't act like it. Now, I'm not saying being perfect. I'm not saying that at all. Lord knows none of us are perfect. We all struggle every day with sin in our lives. But I'm saying this intentionality of intentionally insulting the Spirit by claiming to be a Christian and yet living like the world is an insult. And I also think that we as Christians can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I think there's a point where if you tell the Holy Spirit you hate Him over and over and over and over again and that you don't ever want Him in your life again, I think there's a point out there where you too can cross a line when God says, fine, if that's the way you want it, fine. Have it your way. I think it takes a long, long time to get there because, as I've already said, God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. And He will send everybody and anything He can to your door, to knock on your door, to sit down in your kitchen with you, at your kitchen table and say, I know you don't really mean this. I know you're hurting. I know that your loved one passed away and you're really angry about this and you've chosen to turn your back. You know, just this week, a few days ago, this Christian artist, I, I don't know him, I'd never heard of him before, came out and claimed he doesn't believe in God anymore. Now, he's not the first to do that this year or last year or the year before. And I just have to believe that God is still at work in his life, still knocking on his door saying, if you'll open the door, I'll come in and sit down in the kitchen with you. And we'll have a conversation about this. So, I think it takes a lot for a Christian to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, to utterly reject forever the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit wants to work in our life. And I would say to any of you Christians who are listening to this, if you've gotten to the point in your life where you don't believe in God, you want to give up on God, then tell God that. Just sit down and say, God, I don't believe in you anymore. 
See what happens. And even say, prove it, God. Prove that you're real in my life. And watch what happens. Be open to that. Watch what God does in your life. He'll, he, loves, he loves those kind of challenges. Okay, you don't believe me. Watch this. Somebody will knock on your door, sit down in your kitchen, and tell you how much God loves you. You just watch. It will happen, I promise you, because God loves you that much. So that's the road to blasphemy. And that's what I believe about blasphemy. There are other interpretations. There are books and papers and people have written all kinds of things. You go to the scripture, you discern for yourself. But the Bible says that we're three things that we are to be with the Spirit. One is we're to be filled with the Spirit. And when we're filled with the Spirit, we have evidence of that. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience, and so forth. That's it's in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 <clears throat> we're to be filled and the evidence of that is this fruit that God births in our life well how are we filled with the Spirit? just every day Holy Spirit fill me up today Holy Spirit fill me up now when you go to bed at night you don't lose the Holy Spirit when you wake up in the morning you don't lose the Holy Spirit what you're asking for is the Holy Spirit to come alive in your life in, in ways that you know, you've never seen before you're asking for new insight, new wisdom, new instruction, revelation, wisdom. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have not because we ask not. The second thing is we are to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, 5, verse 25, it says, keep in step with the Spirit. So you're going about your day, you're doing whatever it is you do during the day, and the Holy Spirit's guiding you. We're just supposed to keep in step. Don't run ahead which I tend to do. I want to run ahead a lot of times and fix problems, right? But then the Holy Spirit says, Jim, that's not your problem to fix. We'll eventually get there. Just stay in step with me. Sometimes we want to fall behind the Holy Spirit. He's saying, let's go this way, let's go this way, let's go this way. Ah, I just don't know if I want to go that way. I'm kind of tired. I really want to watch this football game. We're supposed to keep in step with the Spirit. Third thing is, it says in Galatians 5.16, it says we're supposed to live by the Spirit. We're supposed to live by the Spirit. That means everything in our lives. Holy Spirit, where am I supposed to go today? Holy Spirit, who am I supposed to talk to today? Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to meditate on today? Uh, Holy Spirit, am I just supposed to sit quiet today in your presence? That's what it means to live by the Spirit, is to ask the Holy Spirit about the things that are going on in your life and, and trust the Holy Spirit to give the right answer. So, about the Holy Spirit. Let's don't go down the road to blasphemy. Let's don't resist. Let's don't grieve. Let's don't quench. Let's don't insult. And let's certainly don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And, and instead, let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And let's live by the Holy Spirit. And watch what Christ does in your life. Watch what the Holy Spirit does in your life. Watch what the Father does in your life. You know, I've said this before. And I'll say this in closing. It's the Father who's doing His work through us. That's what Jesus said. Jesus says, the Father doing His work through me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus is our example. So it's the Heavenly Father doing His work through me by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever forget that. When the Holy Spirit is speaking, it's the Heavenly Father doing some work in you, to you, and through you to others as you go about your day. And that's this flow of the Spirit. That's the flow of the Spirit. And as we respond to the Holy Spirit, as we respond to do what the Father asks us to do, He then asks us to do more things. 
So the more you do, the more you get to do. That's what Paul could say. He who gives seeds to the sower continues to give seeds to the sower as the sower sows the seeds, right? So the more seeds you put in the ground as the Spirit flows through you, the more you act on what He tells you to do. The more seeds He gives you to then put in the ground, the more seeds He gives you to then put in the ground. That's, that's God's economy. It's the most brilliant economy. You, you give the Holy Spirit away. You give the Father's love away to people and the Father gives you more love to give away to people. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. I appreciate you watching today. And I just pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit flows through you, that the Father's love flows through you today like you've never experienced before. Thanks for watching. Hope you have a blessed day.